Hello and welcome to uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com and Mark Craig, uh, NFL Insider and Vikings writer from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, I don't know if I can take any more of these uh, late night Wolves and Wild game. I know it's affecting you greatly, but uh, I'm uh, I'm dragging in this morning again from these uh, late late night uh well, uh, happenings. as far as the wolves, I mean, why are you, why are you wasting your time? Uh, the wild, <clears throat> the wild, I would, you know, I would like to watch it, but I'm not staying up till. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, we're just flyover country. I mean, you know, there's, oh. there's the wild are playing a central team in Dallas, you know, and they're two central teams. Why wouldn't you just start them at, at uh, the proper time, but they got to get back to back to back. And then the, the, the teams have to wait for overtime in hockey. It's it's crazy. I was up till one, the first game when the when the Wild had a double overtime game. It was worth it, but uh, boy, I dragged tail the next day. So I'm dragging now. I'm dragging into Vikings content with that big uh, intro there. So anyway, you had you weren't watching those guys. You were you were sitting in on the the uh, media accessibility for. Uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell and a bunch of the players. And I know you've got, you've gleaned a lot out of there. So we'd like to talk about that. Mark, right out of the gate, what did you, what did you hear from Kwesi when he was uh, addressing the media? Well, I mean, you know, Kwesi was asked about uh, uh, Zadarius Smith and you know, Dalvin Cook, obviously two guys that probably won't be on the roster guys that didn't show up Ouch. at the, their off season program started, you know, uh, last Monday or this Monday, uh, it was very noncommittal, very, you know, you know, uh, we're, the discussions are ongoing, you know, basically it's two guys that are probably dug in. They're not going to take a pay cut. Vikings are trying to get them or, or get them to take a pay cut. And eventually they'll probably have to release them, I would guess. Um, but, uh, and he said, was asked to, you know, uh, since you, committed to Madison, uh, a pay raise to Madison, which wasn't a huge pay raise, but it was right. a pay raise. Could those two exist in the same backfield? And he said, yes, in theory, you know, and then he went on to explain that there are two different backs, all the things that we know, there are two different backs. Um, so yeah, you know, very noncommittal, very kind of uh, lukewarm on those two uh, was, was probably the biggest takeaway, you know, kind of, you know, you knew they were going to be asked about it. Uh, and as far as the quarterback, you know, it, uh, they say it kind of in a nicer way than some other people say it, but it's a pre-draft meeting, which is a lot of, a lot of talking, especially with Kevin O'Connell, a lot of talking, but not, not saying much. Uh, so, wow. you know, there isn't, there is an interest in, in, in a quarterback, but I, you know, you come away from it and we'll talk here a little bit more about what Kevin said, but uh, you know, they're not just going to take one to take one. And so it has to be the right guy. And by all accounts so far that you see, uh, and based on the talent of the quarterbacks that are there, you know, they're probably looking at the, um, at the fifth best quarterback available, which I kind of came away reading between the lines that, uh, you know, they're not just honest. They're not going to settle for a Christian Ponder at 23. Yeah. That's kind of a good thing. Uh, you see, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, let me jump back to, uh, uh, the running back in uh, Dalvin and, and Zadarius, you know, it, it's just, it's just difficult. Have they, have they played this wrong? Because now everybody knows their Vikings are probably going to have to release them. They wouldn't trade for them, you know, uh, at this point, even uh, there were talks that Dalvin was part of trade talks and uh, clearly they didn't maybe get what they thought they might've, or they wanted out of them. So now, now they're going to have to, if they can't get them to make a pay cut, they're going to have to release them. And that's the Vikings get nothing. Don't they, they don't even get a compensatory pick the next year because if they just release them. Right. Right. And, and you also get dead money on it without the players. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think Zedarius is dead money is high, but Dalvin's money is you save on him, but you also you have a big dead money hit without having the player. Uh, and we forget, you know, through all this, when we talk about financials, Dalvin Cook's still a, yeah, it's still a pretty fantastic player and probably yeah. has got another year left in him as a fantastic player. Uh, but when it comes time to like whatever they need to sign draft picks, whatever they need to, to get through a season, uh, you know, I, they probably 
you know, right now they're under the cap, so it's like that's what I was going to ask. Cap. But why yeah. couldn't they just keep them now then, if if they are under the cap? But you're saying they got to sign. Well, you you, you got to have your rookie class, and I, I'm not you know I'm not the cap expert, but you you got to have money to to operate in a season, and you know. Uh, they did sign the cornerback uh, from New England, so they, they added a guy there. So I don't know how much more they're going to add, but, you know, uh, it's, it's happened many times before. You get to the end of training camp, you think a roster's set, and all of a sudden other teams start releasing guys. Good point. Before you know it, you got two, three guys or you know, one, two guys show up that are on your team that are veterans that need to be paid, um, you know, and th- they go, you know, we've, we've seen it over, you know, going back, years and years it's you know whenever other teams cut guys at that point then it's like hey you know that's a perk that's a good fit for our team so you got to be able to, to have the flexibility to do all that stuff is what so, so they need they these are uh cap casualties they're they need more room they're, they're not cut they're not eventually either trading or releasing them because delvin had shoulder surgery or zadarius underperformed at the second half of the year they're they're they could use them on the roster. There would be room for them uh, if all things did. At this point, yeah, yeah. At this point, but they they need they need room, and that that's that just seems unfortunate for Dalvin, who's you know uh, that his uh, status has come to this point because he's he has done so much for this team. I mean, when he's been in there, he's been exciting, dynamic. Uh, you know, he's been injured off and on. He's played with a, a bulky shoulder for several years, and he's been just a fun player to watch. And if you're a fantasy football player, to draft at some point, if you're a Vikings fan. So it's it's a shame if that's what it's come down to because, uh, you know. Well, he's, all, you know, he's also a running back. I mean, and those guys, when they sign these big deals, you, it's always just look at the guarantee. What's the guaranteed money? Because – uh, you know, when it gets to be like, oh, he's, he'll make $14 million in 2023 or $15 million or he's this much against the cap, you know, that's generally, that's not going to happen, especially a running back position when you get to be 28 years old. So uh, it's a, it's an undervalued, you know, it's, it's for guys like us that grew up in the seventies, the NFL, the face of the NFL was always running backs. You know? yeah. And that's, that's been many, many years since that's happened. You know, we grew up with Earl Campbell was my favorite player, OJ Simpson and, you know, even the Steelers, you probably talked to more about Franco Harris than you did. Terry Bradshaw, at least. Yeah, so uh, that, that that's going a little farther for me. I, I don't have <laughs> memories of Gale, but uh, yeah, it's uh, but, you know, now it's it's a position that, uh, you know, guys like Dalvin do have a little more more in the tank, which is why they get the big, con- big contracts. But those contracts don't usually make it to the end of the life of, of the contract. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that's going to probably going to happen, but you know, the Vikings aren't in but let's say, you know, obviously the, with them being on the roster, if you go into draft night or, uh, you know, say the Vikings, say Anthony Richardson falls and uh, it's a guy they really like and they decide they want to go up and try and get a quarterback. Suddenly, you know, the, you trade Dalvin. Now a team might not want Dalvin at his current price. So you might have to add a little more to they're, they're, that team would be getting Dalvin and maybe some draft picks and mm-hmm. make it more enticing for them. You know? Uh, so there's a lot that needs to shake out with what's going to happen with these two. They're, 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 they're in their hip pocket. They're being, you know, they're being used as collateral right now for whatever, whatever they have in mind or whatever they're trying to, to put in play. Well, just for what it's worth, watching Gail Sayers was one of the things that got me addicted to this game. That's all I can say. The guy was, you know, uh, I am old enough uh, to have seen him play a bit. And uh, one of the first biographies I read as a kid was Brian's song, you know, or it was actually uh, I Am Third, which is the, the a Gail Sayers autobiography. And then part of that was used to to make that movie Brian's song. But uh, uh, Gail Sayers was something else. Just something. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few highlights. Uh, yeah. I, I watched the movie as a kid every year. It was it came out like every year at a certain, a certain right, time. Right, yeah. It's a good show. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, James Connie dies as uh, Brian Piccolo, and then he dies as Sonny in The Godfather. He's had quite the career, you know, getting these dramatic. Yeah, I think yeah. he's died as uh, as James Conn, too. Uh, Is he? I don't I think he's still around. Is well, he's he? still alive? Okay. Yeah. I think so. I'm not sure. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, James. And I, he's a big fan. I will have to look that up after the show. Anyway, uh, to the quarterback discussion, you, you said that uh, you asked you asked Kevin O'Connell a question about that situation, and you said you had 
an, an interesting answer that was that was you know as media people do like to read into him or read between the lines and see exactly yeah. what he was saying and what he wasn't saying. Well, what I like about Kevin is a lot of lines to, to read between. So it's, uh, uh, and, and I, I crack on him for his, he cracks on himself for his answers too, because yeah. he's, you know, he, he's very verbose. So, uh, but I, I just, you know, as, um, as Quasey was talking about the quarterback position, you have, you know, now you have your quarterback guru there. That's the guy that's, you know, it, it, now's a good time to have a young quarterback because you got the quarter, you got the coach that's it's ideally made for. Uh, just like, you know, when you drafted cornerbacks every year for eight years, it, uh, Zimmer was a good guy to have. So, uh, and I asked him, you know, what, you know how do you balance um, you wanting to have an elite quarterback to, to groom? I mean, he works with Nick Mullins. He works with whoever their third string guy is. Uh, but you know, it's different. You know, they're going to be a backup. They're not going to ever elevate to a starter unless there's an injury. So, so you balance, you know, having an elite guy to work with versus, Hey, you're a 13 win team getting the guy that can be, a, have an impact right now. And he said, you know, ideally I'll read it here. He said, ideally you would like to, lo- you would love to have that person in that role developing behind a great player like Kirk. I don't think you sacrifice it being the right player, regardless of when the, where, the, why, the, how, you can't sacrifice that. You have to ha- you have to have ultra belief and connection on making the decision because it is such an important decision, you know. And we're looking at where they are, and this is where you gotta like you read between the lines, you know. If they're up in the top ten, you know, you still think, well, you know, there's gonna be one of those three quarterbacks that they can get, or you know, top it might have to be top five to get one of the top three. Um, but they're you know, I don't know that that fourth quarterback, which some say it could be Levis. Some say it could be Richardson. Is gonna? Is, they're not gonna be there. I, I think at twenty three. So, um, and and I know we've gone through like talking about them taking the Tennessee guy who's twenty five already. He's coming off an ACL. Um, needs you know, not that he would play this year anyways. But you just start thinking that you know that's where it tells you it's got to be the right guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a good thing, you know. So if they do, if they don't take a quarterback in the first round. You know, and I'm sure that like a lot of teams, they like there's a couple guys that next year that are supposed to be really good and maybe even more than two next year. So I feel like they're the thing is that what they're doing is they're they're putting out, you know, feelers. They're putting out uh, in inside the building, outside the building that, you know, they're not just going to come to the end of Kirk's contract and go, oh, yeah, we need a quarterback. You know, they're, they're thinking about it now. They're they're really you know, focusing on it right now because, you know, Connell knows, you know, that, that, you know, he could have a great defense, but if he has Nick Mullins next year as a starting quarterback, it's not going to be any good. What was the question you asked? Just curious. That was that was specifically just how do you balance between wanting an elite quarterback to groom for a year versus, Hey, you know, we're, you know, we want a first round draft pick to come in and help, you know, get over the hump, you know, right. help. I mean, they lost a lot. Not only did they not did they lose in the first round of the playoffs last year, they took a step back personnel-wise. You can say what you want about Brian Asamoa being a potentially really good player, but you know he's not going to step in and be Eric Kendricks right away. Right, right. Uh, Thielen, you know, was tail end of his career, but Thielen's not done playing. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, the Browns gave him too much money, but he's he's not uh, he's not some you know third-rate player. Now, these are guys that need to be replaced, and so. You, you know, to take a quarterback's great. Hey, we got a quarterback for when Kirk's done, but uh oh, we, we got to play 17 games now. So that was the how do you balance that? Yeah, I was just curious. You got you got to watch. Be careful sending Qu- uh, KOC off on some philosophical question that he might spend a week answering, dancing around, and getting. Anyway, I'm just I'm just having fun. Uh, speaking of the quarterback, there was a, a note I saw on Twitter that that bastion of of truth and and uh news and all the other stuff that's on there uh that apparently mike florio from profootballtalk.com said that the vikings had had talks with the 49ers about the availability of a trade for Trant, uh, Trey Lance, and they weren't the only. They were among several teams that did. And then, and then I read that it came out at the combine, so it's probably it's pretty dang old news. Do you uh, make anything of this? Do you think that that's a possibility? And would you even 
want Trey Lance coming here. I'm not in that camp myself. <clears throat> well, I, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about, you know, they've put out, I mean, it, this is a kind of a full court press to like, uh, you know, several avenues, you know, tr- you know, talking to the 49ers talk because teams talk to people and they explore stuff doesn't mean it's happening. You know, it's That's true. A lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, really? and, you should tell yeah. Twitter that. <laughs> uh, well, or you should tell, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, well, that's what that's why the refresh button, and then just like what's you know, it, that's now in today's world, the truth doesn't matter. You just I, how can I be entertained in the next half hour? Yeah, how can I put a take on whatever is happening or maybe happening now? But yeah, I, I don't doubt that they talk to him. Uh, you know, I to me, I feel like uh, having a quarterback, um, I would like to see Kirk, and I think I think uh, O'Connell would as well see Kirk in year two of, a, of the same system for the first time since like 2015 uh, with the same play caller. I don't know that, you know, I want to, I'd want to plan in place, but I don't want to think, I don't think I want to give up Kirk cousins right now or Trey Lance right now. Um, you know, ideally it would be great to have Kirk cousins and Trey Lance and, yeah, you know, yeah. and go forward that way, but that's not going to happen. I mean, the 49ers are starting to say, Hey, you know, even though even it's amazing how quickly the NFL changes in, in less than two years, you know, they, they went crazy to get him at, right. to go up and get him at number three. And now ironically, I, you know, the last guy taken in last year's draft makes him potentially, Hey, you know, if we have Kirk cousins now, Brock Purdy, when he heals and going forward, we're good. We don't need this guy that we absolutely fell in love with and went crazy. Um, I think Trey Lance is going to be a good player. I think it's going to take a little time, but Trey Lance is, uh, is the f- future of the NFL. I mean, uh, playing that way is, is kind of the future of the NFL. And I think he's going to be a really good player. And, but I don't know that I'd want to be doing that right now with him. Whenever you think, Hey, let's see how far we can go with Kirk after last year. You think it, you know, you think uh, that it would be Kirk they'd have to trade in order to get him. <laughs> I don't think you I don't, don't think know, the 49ers, 49ers, what off? I mean, come on, are we? Uh, hello, come on, Joe. Um, the 49ers would trade Trey Lance without getting Kirk Cousins and Dalvin you know, Cook, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, any, uh, any but, but Trey Lance is their quarterback of the future, and uh, Brock Purdy has just had elbow surgery, so uh, Brock Purdy's not probably not able to play right away. Plus, I don't know that you, uh, you. Uh, you know, go into a season with Brock Purdy thinking that you're going to just repeat that five and zero finish last year. And, no, and I and I, uh, I don't yeah. think I don't think you know. Yes, I, I agree. I don't. The Vikings don't have much else to to trade. You know, I mean, the 49ers are a full team. They're 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 just missing some uh, the the quarterback that they can can rely on because a Brock Purdy is it looked really good, but he's been injured and uh a B they don't like Garoppolo anymore. I can't is he even on the team and and uh wow, he's a- and, and they clearly don't like Trey Lance. So I mean you'd have to trade them somebody to step in and, and- well, I don't know that why, why do you say clearly they don't like Trey Lance? I mean well, they're trading uh, him. Well, they're- they don't like him as much as Brock Purdy, I guess if if that's well I, I think that they're exploring they're exploring options as well. They're thinking hey if we can get Kirk Cousins in here for a year, you know, for a year or two, and yeah, uh, then Brock Purdy, you know, Brock Purdy goes back, you know, Brock Purdy obviously elevated his stature by what he did as the Mister Irrelevant, uh, but you know he's injured. Um, so why don't they? Put and, you know, that's a that's a that's a major major injury that he had. Yeah, uh, got to come back from that, and then he's not like just because he what happened last year doesn't mean he's automatically. Hey, he's you know he's Joe Montana now. Let's go. You know, it's... I'd trade him if if you in fact if you and they thought that Trey Lance is going to be this quarterback in the future in the way that like you were saying the way the league is going. Trade trade Brock Purdy. Put a lot on the table. You might have to wait for him a little bit, but you got to wait for any quarterback that you're developing. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I. I think Brock Purdy was a was a was a uh, you know it's like like people look back at them. I, 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 Covered a 99 draft. They had those three quarterbacks go at the beginning. And, you know, Tim Couch goes number one. And, and Donovan McNabb goes, like, they're three, I think, uh, to Philadelphia. And it has a, a good career. Some, you know, someone, oh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. No, he, not in the Hall of Fame. But Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback. You know, flip those. Tim Couch go. Tim Couch was a bust in Cleveland, obviously. But he was an expansion team. 
So, but flip those situation around, Tim Couch could have the could have had the career that Donovan McNabb had. Donovan McNabb would have washed out. So, I think Brock Purdy is a is a product of a very solid, uh, well balanced team and a very solid uh, coaching staff that can uh, identify traits even at number two sixty two in the yeah. draft and and plug it in and get him up to speed. Uh, that's why I, you know Kyle Shanahan was my coach of the year uh, last year. Well, that they got uh, a my vote for coach too, though. I mean, isn't that a little bit luckier that he 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 uh, played that well because they had they were having trouble trying to figure out Garoppolo, Lance, or this guy. I mean, you know, I don't I, think it was I don't think it was luck in any way. Straight stretch. I mean, the way he played didn't he didn't commit turnovers. He completed a lot high percentage of passes. He worked within that system, and they have good players. Uh, that's sort of like you know. We, Kirk's very, you know, all, all quarterbacks ultimately are similar. You, know, you can only do so much unless, yeah. unless you're Peyton Manning or these guys that can carry, I can really erase all the problems on your team. Um, you know, uh, if the 49ers were terrible and, and Brock Purdy steps in, he's not, he's not going to be, yeah. Yeah. you know, some miracle worker. He, he stepped in, he had the skills. They identified the skills, how it matched their system and matched their, the way they do things. And it worked out. I mean, it's like we all wrote them off. We say, "Oh, this is good for the Vikings." And now the 49ers are done. You know, right. they lost Lance, and then but they oh, they have Garoppolo. But when they lost Garoppolo, it was like, "Oh, they're they're done. They're completely done." And you know, credit to, to Shanahan, and credit to the the, the ability their their team. Uh, the, you know, they they just kept plow. You know, kept winning games. Now, yeah. obviously, they they got dismissed from the playoffs when Purdy got hurt, and there was they couldn't even throw a forward pass. I mean, they were right. basically a, a 1940s, you know, uh, <laughs> formation where they're like, well, you're you know, kind of football. Yeah. <laughs> I could have used Gail Sayers. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, uh, the 49ers doing it right. I mean, they, they, they had Garoppolo who was a serviceable, decent veteran that could step in and, and play may not take you to the promised land. Well, then they, they, they sold out, went and got Trey Lance. Meanwhile, they took a flyer on another guy who they had identified as, and and so and if he works good, I mean they are doing it right. The Vikings, on the other hand, have you know went and bought a veteran and hope that they 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 worked out, and and then every once in a while they take a shot at someone like a, a Christian Ponder or, or a T Jack, and it just never pans out. You've got to be you've got to be identifying someone like that every. That should be what the sixth and seventh round picks are for. You know, and the Vikings have done that, but just not enough, and certainly not successfully. Well, I think, you know, I think what the difference, and I, you know, I love Zim and everything, but I think right now you have a guy uh, who's, you know, played. You know, he wasn't a star player; he barely played, but he, he plays the position. He's he calls the plays. He's the guy that's going to be working directly with him. He's and, and he's and he's got the one of the two strongest voices in the in the franchise. So. Um, you know, right now they say it's co, you know, all, when they, when these guys come in together as GM and coach are always, you know, we, we make all decisions, you know, together, but ultimately one of them, you know, when things go bad, you know, the quarter, they don't leave, you know, arm in arm together. They leave pissed <laughs> off at each other, but right now they're Zoom, working together. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and everybody else that's ever, you know, uh, you know, uh, been down that road. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, to me, it's like right now, you, I think Quasey, uh, trust O'Connell and O'Connell has a pretty good eye for, I would think has a pretty good eye for the, for the position. So uh, you're not just going to be dra drafting. A, I, I think Kellen Mond was a one person draft. You know, Zimmer didn't want him. Uh, Rick Spielman did Now, what Rick Spielman, you know, has a lot of you know, strengths, but I, I, I think picking a quarterback in the third round is probably yeah. not one of them. Yeah. So, uh, you have a situation now where I think it's, you know, yeah, you're right. And last year when the Steelers uh, drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, they drafted another quarterback in the seventh round. Uh, wow. So yeah, yes. uh, you just keep, um, you keep, you know, work in that position. You've got to, it, it needs to be at the forefront of your mind a lot. And uh, it's, it's easy like maybe to do that whenever you've got, you know, um, you know the, the veterans that the Steelers had, weren't going to be guys that were going to be long-term. Trubisky's not going to be long-term. They weren't paying him that much. So you get a quarterback in the first round. That's a, you know, if he, if he can play, then that's a gold mine 
for four to five years where you're like, hey, you know, we got a we got a really good quarterback and we're not paying him a whole lot. And that's right. where your window of opportunity to win is. That's where you know Seattle wins a, a Super Bowl and goes to another one with Russell Wilson on his rookie contract. Now, 10 years later, Denver's got him as a as an older player who last year looked terrible. And so they're there's their homes. They got Russell Wilson. Yeah, we got Russell Wilson, but he's not Russell Wilson from 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, now there's their their strat. You know, Seattle got him and an affordable deal. Denver's got him uh, not as good a player and a terrible deal. Um, all right. And that brings us to the bottom line. And this is the bottom line question. Then it, it, you, you made some great points. I mean, if Kevin O'Connell is now he's got the eye for the position. Zimmer didn't have that. Zimmer didn't have I don't even know how much he, he concerned himself. He wanted someone else to do that. Uh, what's his name? Kevin O'Connell does. They are going to, at some point, tell me if I'm right or wrong, take get a, a new quarterback on this roster this year, the draft, you know, because they, they've solidified themselves in other positions with some depth, maybe not be great, but now they can – with very little draft capital, they, they've got to take one. Don't they, Mark, some way, somehow? Well, I mean, if you just go back to O'Connell's question, it's got to be the right guy. I, you know, if it's not the right guy and he's in the, you know, and he's in the sixth round, why take him? Why why bother? You know, if he's not – I'm not saying that, that they won't take a quarterback, but I think uh, that's that's um, goes against what he was saying and kind of – and logic, really – is like why waste a pick on if he's not a guy you believe in? Like some have said that uh, the, the quarterback from um, from Stanford, the real big guy, is a guy that the Vikings could potentially like. Maybe he's available later on, but with so few picks, maybe you know if he's not the guy, he's not a guy you believe that you can go forward with. Then probably then not. You know, it's that's that's sound, Mark. That's sound, but I, I think therefore. You know, then with O'Connell's eye, then you go find that guy. One well, but he may not be there. He may not. What? But you may not. He may not be there in the draft. You know, that's right. what I'm saying. Is he might not be there. Uh, last year there were nine quarterbacks drafted. Um, you know, I don't know. That was a bad year for quarterbacks, but I don't know what a typical year is. But it, you know, if other teams take them and they're not there, what do you do? It's. Uh, but they're saying next year is even better a better draft for quarterbacks. Yeah. So and uh, you know, let's that, say, I'm let's say it they, doesn't trade away all our picks this year so that we can't load up and do something next year, but go ahead. Well, what, well, here's another scenario that Vikings fans would boo the hell out of right now, but maybe potentially next year they, they celebrate, say that, say that somebody really wants someone in the first round, the Vikings to say, you know, there's no one we like at 23. Maybe we'll, we drop back into the second round. We don't have a first round pick but they pick up a first round pick next year and they go into next year with two first round picks. Like a lot of these teams do, you know, and there's a great quarterback who's going to fall in a window where the Vikings could go to using that capital that they got this year. You know, it's one of those boom. Oh yeah. Great. God. You know, it's one of those, <laughs> one of those moments that fans have, you know, the Vikings are looking at this, um, you know, whether it's right or wrong, we'll find out. They will prove themselves over time, but, Right. They don't look at just this year. They're looking at next year, the year after. You know, typically teams look three years down the road. So uh, they could be making they could make moves that that look that make people mad because they don't have a first round pick to talk about this year. But say they get an extra one next year, you know, and then uh, then it's like, oh, okay, now we can use this to do something. Kirk's Kirk's contracts up, you know, but we got without the possibility of drafting this quarterback. I don't know. Suffice it to say, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with with the Vikings on draft night uh, coming up in a at the end of the month here, a very short time. So, uh, with that, we'll take a quick break. Mark, uh, I know he needs something to drink, and, and you know, take a take something to drink, and he needs to go watch some Gale Sayre highlights. So, come on back, come on back. Who he played? Gale. He played for the Packers, right? Yeah, that's right. Come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, you were out at uh, TCO Performance Center talking, not only firing questions at Quasi and uh, KOC, but uh, you talked to some of the players, uh, and a lot of them talked this week. Uh, 
Harrison Smith uh, spoke, you know, who who recently came, you know, was returning with, you know, I, I guess he took a quarterback or a contract restructuring and and, and came back and and uh, you said he talked about uh, a big reason he took the pay cut to stay here was the Brian Flores. Can you can you t- talk about that a little bit? Defensive. Yeah, and I'm always I'm always impressed by you know, uh, and Harrison Smith, his his personality, his character is top notch, and always impressed by guys like him that. You know, they, they take the pay cut and then they stand up and they talk about it. You know, it's, it's a hard thing for a lot of those guys, especially a guy like him who's been an all pro before he's been six time uh, pro bowl player. You know, he took a pay cut, uh, 14 something to, I don't know, eight something, but he gets 2 million in, in incentives. Um, so he said, you know, uh, he was honest. He said, you know, I, I, I did look around. I, I, I did think about like, was it, you know, not taking the pay cut, because, uh, you know, Cincinnati was rumored to be one of the – because they lost the safety, that, you know, that uh, the, they would be interested if he became available. And there were other teams. So he said, yeah, because ultimately I, it, it was right to come back. And he said one of the – he said, honestly, one of the major reasons was Brian Flores and that more aggressive um, defense. You know, Harrison was not like a lot of guys. The players, the, uh, the head coach, <laughs> the fans – Harrison was not a fan of the way they played defense last year, a very passive, very sit back type of defense. Harrison under, under, um, under Zimmer was a, was a, a guy who blitzed, you know, a minimum of 35 times a, a year uh, was a guy who was used as a disguise, you know, in the box back little combination. We didn't see that last year. We didn't see him come off the edge much at all. So he likes that. He likes that style and he likes, and um, he's excited to be playing that way again. So that's a big reason why he came back, but you know, Harrison's a, is a classic, you know, good personality. He used to take the bus down when he was, even whenever he became a star, he would take the bus with the rookies down to Mankato and get off the bus with them. And, you know, when they checked in, I mean, nobody else did that. You know, yeah. nobody, his stature did. That. He, he's, he's a leader for sure on that team. It's nice to have him back, especially with a lot of, Young guy's going to be coming back on the defense. Uh, speaking of which, uh, one of those guys is Lewis Seen, who uh, uh, messed up his his ankle, I believe, or his leg in some form or fashion this year and missed the whole the whole season. Never even got on as a starter, but was a good special teams player. He's kind of slated in to be a, a safety for the Vikings this year, and he's doing his rehab. He talked a little bit about that, how his rehab was going. Yeah, I mean, he played last year. He played uh... – up until week four of the New Orleans game, the field def- on defense. Um, by he all did. accounts, I, I, I didn't get much out there, but okay. No, all no, right. uh, uh, he played special teams. Uh, in London, he, he caught his foot in the turf, the crappy turf that they keep putting on over there, and uh, and really mangled his leg and um, had to stay over in London and then come back you know, like a few weeks later. And uh, But, yeah, the, all accounts, you know, by him, by teammates, by the coaching staff, uh, he's, you know, making great strides. He's going to have a full recovery, um, be ready for training camp. You know, my question with him is not because, you know, the medical world now puts these guys back together unlike ever before. It's amazing what, what they do and get these guys back on the field. So that's not my concern. My concern with him would be, you know, before your injury, there were four games where, you know, the number one draft pick uh, at a position at a place where the Vikings had a need, you know, alongside Harrison Smith, that guy could not uh, mentally get on the field. He was, he couldn't get up to speed quick enough to get on the field. That's my biggest concern. Right. Not you know, physically. I, I think that, you know, he'll, he'll return. He'll be this dominant type physical player, but is he, and they're saying that he's also been like in really stayed here. He's really dedicated to like learning, the learning part of it. So that's what remains to be seen for me is can he, you know, can he get up to speed? You know, he's never played defense in the NFL now. So uh, Cameron Bynum, you know, stepped in, but you know, Bynum and did a decent job, but Bynum's not a number one draft pick. No, no one's going to confuse him with a number one draft pick. So it's time Lewis seen needs to, uh, to produce this year, starting from day one. I agree. I agree. He, it's, it's, it's the uh, mental part. That's going to be the biggest leap for him perhaps hopefully hopefully that's what it is that that his his leg is is fine and he's the player that he was brian linebacker brian asimoa talked and uh uh you know it's kind of interesting with him and almost everybody's got him penciled in at as a starter this year after you know the loss of of kendricks and 
and his ascension, uh, the play that he did late in the year. So what did he have to say? And, and uh, what did, uh, I know that you told me that Jordan Hicks had some nice things to say about him. Yeah, Jordan Hicks uh, said he's one of the most explosive players he's played with. And, you know, Jordan Hicks was talking about, you know, uh, Kendricks and what they're going to miss with Kendricks was like, you know, even Jordan Hicks in, in his eighth year last year, you know, he and uh, Kendricks came in the same time. And he was like, you know, Eric Kendricks would say something like it's going to happen. And he goes nine times out of 10, a few plays later, it happened. So, um, and he said that he, uh, they're going to miss that, but he said that he has a good sense about Asamoah being a guy that wants to be great. You know, you can tell by how he um, was around Kendricks and Hicks last year trying to learn uh, that he's going to, he's going to pick that, that part of the game up. And I, you know, I was asking him about how long would, would you, it would take you to get that? Do you think? And he said he was already seeing some of it last year when he played, he played like 11% of the defensive snaps. Hmm. A lot of times he was kind of a shadow guy for the, for the court you know, of the quarterback and then played some whenever uh, they rested starters at the end of the year. Uh I do get a good sense about this guy. First of all, he's a fantastic special teams player, uh, kind of a fearless guy. He made really a lot. I, I ended up writing about him in my five extra points multiple times because of something he did. Hmm. Um, and he called them old heads. He said, you know, Eric Kendricks and Hicks, we have a lot of old heads on this team. And I, and he was talking, talking about how he would talk to Kendricks about, you know, I had you and Ray Lewis on my wall, you know, posters and, uh, so he really took to to Kendricks uh, last year, and Kendricks uh, was an exceptional leader. He was kind of quiet earlier in his career, I would say, but I think he came out ever since he was kind of the voice of the Vikings and the NFL with the George Floyd situation. Going forward, um, really became an outstanding leader, and I think that uh, you know his personality. He he took on this kid, and uh, so I think we'll see good things from him. But it's just let's not expect. You know, week one for Brian Asamoah to be Eric Kendricks. It's going to take some time. Yeah, it's it's one thing that's good that they're still got a person like Harrison Smith out there and Jordan Hicks returning with some veteran leadership because it's going to take a little. I mean, it sounds like Asamoah is going to get there eventually, but it, it's going to take some time for you know to adjust to playing every every down and and everything that the, the NFL throws at you. He he was great in spot duty, but we'll see him on a, as an everyday player, right? Yeah, I think he has all the tools and he, I also think my instincts tell me he has the attitude and the the desire as well. Sometimes you don't see that in guys. You mentioned earlier that the uh workouts have started and, and they're voluntary at this point and uh Daniil Hunter uh, did not show up for them uh, when they started. Is that is that a concern, or uh, do we not just do, do they do we worry about do the players put more uh, credence into the term voluntary than us fans do and say they should be there for crying? It doesn't matter if it's voluntary or not. I mean, because Kirk. Showed- yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. If you're asking certain people, like if you're asking fans on Twitter, then yeah, they're going to be mad about it. He should be here and all this stuff. Uh, you know, if you ever met Daniil Hunter in person, uh, Daniil Hunter is, is not going to, uh, his body's not going to miss, you know, doing a few jumping jacks at TCO. I, he's true. taking care of himself. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, what it, what it obviously is, is it's, um, is sending a message. I mean, I, when he, when they did his, co- redid his contract last year, he got a little more money last year, but all, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I think if I'm, and again, I'm not the, the cap expert. But I think all they did was take money from this year and gave it to him last year. So now, you know, he's not his his pay for this year is not very high. And he's wanting, you know, he's wanting to restructure. Uh, now, to right now, I, I wouldn't be concerned at all. But, uh, you know, there's a mandatory mini camp in uh, June. He misses that. Then you start thinking, well, he might he can miss some training camp. And then, uh, you know, if you miss start missing training camp, then all of a sudden I know they don't they don't do a whole heck of a lot anymore in training camp, but there does need to be a ramp up to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, needs something before they start playing. So yeah, I would start worrying if he misses the mandatory mini camp in June. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Kirk was out there. He's grinding. He's, he's trying to get another extension. No, I'm just kidding. He, Kirk, uh, I think Kirk's happy for the first time in his career. So he wants to be, wants to play football. That's a good thing. And I think note- they, uh, they compensate him pretty well. You mentioned he didn't have a workout bonus. 
Yes. Uh, I, I think that somewhere in, let's, let's take a few million of that and just kind of pigeonhole <laughs> it and here workout bonus. Uh, okay. So what, what we're going to take a quick break now and, go, and in light of that, I'm, this, this next question is voluntary. You don't have to a- answer it or not, Mark. So okay. it's a voluntary question. We'll see how you. Right, I'm out. Uh, see, that's what I thought. I was going to ask you how you're doing, but uh, you know, that's it. We'll take a break and be uh, right we back. Don't, we don't talk about injuries, Joe. We don't talk about it. <laughs> Come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. <clears throat> okay, folks. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark Craig is still out here cranking for us. Mark, uh, some of the couple offensive players spoke, and I, you know, th- th- this is what you sent me about Garrett Bradbury, center for the Vikings. He, uh, he said something to the fact that he gets better as the line as a whole gets better. Uh, and you said there's a note that, that 11 of the 12 linemen will be back for next year. Uh, is that a good, is that a, did you read between the lines on that one? Or <laughs> <laughs> what um, did you think of that? I tried it. Uh, I, I, I agree to, to a certain extent. I mean, uh, you know, I think he played better. First of all, he wasn't like, I don't think he was completely torched by, by PFF, uh, you know, pro football focus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't, um, obviously I don't subscribe to like everything they say is, is gold, the golden rule. But usually when a guy is last and he's last and he's last and he's, you know, continually like the, the worst rated center for like a couple of years in a row, they're, they're not that far off, you know, it's, but uh, he played a little better last year. Then he, then he hurt his back. Uh, missed like six weeks. He talked about missing six weeks and then coming back and, play, and starting the playoff game. He said he was ready, you know, but you know, he had never done that before, taking six weeks off and then tried to step in and play a game, let alone a playoff game. Um, and I, I don't think he, you know, if I remember correctly, there were a couple of times where he got, because the, the, the Giants have at least, I think they have the two, those two tackles in the middle, or at least one that was all pro uh, and pretty good players. And he got kind of tossed around, I think. Garrett did. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think Ed Ingram by the, you know, Ed, Ed struggled last year. There's no question, Yep. but Ed was there. Ed played every snap of a, of a season in which they won 13 games, went to the playoffs. Um, so I think he's going to be better. You know, I don't think they, they run out and, Oh, we got to replace Ed Ingram. That would be kind of foolish because let's see what he can do in year two. And I think he'll be better. And as he gets better, Bradbury's a little better. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, I don't think had as good a year. I don't know what the I, I, I haven't seen what Pro Football Focus said about him, but my eyes told me that Ed, Ed, I, I noticed Ezra Cleveland, you know, not being as good more often last year than I did, and I can remember in previous years. Right. right. But yeah, there's there's a common, you know, it, the line really needs to play together. There, there needs to be continuity and. Yeah, I do think it helps that they're 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 all back because you know, you know they're they don't need they don't need tackles, uh, and I don't think they need guards. And they brought Bradbury back, so you know, to me, it's uh, yeah, I, I do agree with that. As the line gets better, he's going to get better. And he also talked about having um, um, Chris Cooper, their off, offensive line coach, who's a guy who played eight years in the league mm. uh, for the Broncos, uh, kind of having a little better. Uh, style a bit a more understanding style of how to coach the position how to teach them scheme so yeah, i think year two of that uh you know we'll see yeah i well uh the uh, the cynical guy like me could read into that and say well aren't you supposed to lift up the line uh and make it better this sounds like a cop-out a little bit i know it's not i agree with him too is the they are a unit that's always you know for as long as i was out there getting quotes it Lyman always said, you know, the more we play together, the better we're going to get. And that's kind of what he's saying. But it's also like, I don't have to get better until the line gets better. Well, I think you got to be realistic. Yeah, I mean, uh, and granted, you, you would think that that could be the case with him being a first-round pick. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. kind of, that, those are the kind of things that are reserved for, uh, like, Indianapolis with Quentin Nelson, who's a, gosh, a seven-time All-Pro or whatever it is. I mean, he was great as a rookie and just great, 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 great. And he's the kind of interior guy that would lift a line. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, you know, kind of it's one of those where Garrett is who he is. And uh, yeah, uh, he was enough that, I mean, he played well enough 
in a new system that they brought him back. Uh, it, very possibly they could not have made an offer to him. Uh, I think that he, you know, he did want to stay. Uh, he probably wasn't going to get a whole lot of huge offers out were outside. So, so sometimes you take it with a grain of salt when a guy says, Oh yeah, as soon as they made the offer, I, you know, it's a no brainer. I'm coming back. And then they mentioned, you know, all the, they, they go through the laundry list of, you know, the, the area, the teammates, the blah, blah, blah. Uh, but typically if, if some other team is throwing, you know, a zillion dollars at you, that stuff kind of, eh, I'm going to go over here to the money. Uh, so yeah, he took the money. And uh, I think, it, I think he does have the potential to, you know, I mean, we weren't talking about it as much last year, so that's, that's true. Start, no. That's true. Well, speaking of uh, burgeoning self-confidence, KJ Osborne spoke, and uh, according to you, he was he was pretty good to listen to. What did he have to say? Well, I mean, you know, he's obviously the number two receiver, but he just like you like I like his humility. I mean, he's talking about he was he's the uh, he was a backup. His dad was the coach in Little League, and he was the backup running back. So I was like, I, I just, I didn't use it, but I said, you know, do you, do you remember, do you know who the, do you, what happened to the starter? And he, he, he goes, yeah, he, he had the name of the starter. And, uh, but I think that's an example of who he is. This guy has always been, I mean, that's kind of the cliche story. Oh, he came from nowhere, blah, blah, blah. Now, he's not Adam Thielen. He, <laughs> he did get drafted, but this is a guy who's, you know, yeah, it wasn't a starter. It, just, it took you know a late bloomer. Went to college. Wasn't a that was a guy cut a off star. the Vikings by Zimmer. You know, well, in his first year he didn't play. He didn't play any offense. Yeah. He was just a special teams player. Uh, and then you know, boy, did he step up. I mean, there's there's games where he has stepped up. Uh, and I I've said it last year during the season, like it, he didn't need to have a hundred yard game and nine catches for me to for for us to notice him. It was. Like his, I think one of his first catches was a fourth down play. Kirk threw a ball that was weight as a point blank bullet, a four yard bullet that Kirk threw with the velocity of a 40 yard pass. And this guy catches it for a first down. It's like, wow. You know, that, and that might have been his only catch in a game. But I, I ended up writing about that, I think, wow. for, the, for my story or in the third down conversions or when everyone else is covered, he catches the game winner in Carolina two years ago. Um, so again, he had two 100 yard games last year. So yeah, he's a guy that's, um, he's going to get paid too here eventually. And he won't get, he won't get Jefferson money, but, uh, he's a guy that's going to be, hopefully they can keep him in their, you know, in their, their financial structure. Uh, Cause he's, but they do need a third guy. I don't know that they got that third guy. Yeah. Did, when you wrote about it, did you call it the catch? Yeah. No, that, that the, the catch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was taken. Um, well, that that to me is refreshing to hear. I mean, a, a guy with that attitude, uh, who who you know, it, it, it the way you describe it, it's it, you can see where it's coming from. Um, but in the age of diva at the position, you got somebody who's who's got humility enough and knows where he's comes from and worked his butt off and, and it's paid off. And now he's got that position that, that just makes me want to pull for him even more, you know, that, that he, you know, and, and it makes me feel a little bit better that Adam Thielen's not here, you know, and being the Minnesotan that I am, it was tough to see him go. So that, that's, that's nice to hear. I mean, the way you describe him and his attitude and, and, and where he's been. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Thielen was the, the, the anti-diva and, and honestly, uh, Justin Jefferson, as great as he is, I, I mean, he does things. You know, he he has the gritty. He does all these things, but I don't uh, I don't sense diva in him at all. I, I sense right. I sense I sense a team player in him. Uh, there there were times like especially the one uh, when the there were no fans allowed in the games in 2020, and there was a ball in the in the end zone where uh, he didn't throw it, and Kirk, and he got mad at Kirk, and you know, just throw the ball, stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't see. A, I don't. I don't see a problem. I agree. I don't see a. I don't see a locker room cancer or problem or anything in him, and I don't. Uh, you know, money could change a guy. More money could change a guy, but I, I just don't see it. I. And, and I'm not I, calling I, him a diva. I mean, he he no, but, would earn that status. You know, with with everybody talks about him as the best receiver in the league. I don't know that he's that yet. He's darn close, but uh. Uh, you know, yeah, money, money really could could change that. And I just hope it doesn't happen. Well, nice to have yeah, a, I mean, another guy who doesn't have that attitude. Yeah. St- status wise, he's he's the best in the league. In his yeah. position, and uh, he's 
becoming a face of the league because of how great he is and because he's got the gritty that's one playoff by storm. Yeah, yeah. Play. So, so yeah, he's not gonna lose focus. He's he's not gonna lose focus of his craft and how good he can be, how good he is and how great he can be. So yeah, that's a good thing to have. Because yeah. otherwise, otherwise you get you know, like like Diggs is a great player, but Diggs has to be, you know, coddled and Diggs has to Everything has to be perfect for him, and, and otherwise you're going to lose him. Good point. Uh, so, you know, I don't think they, they're going to have that. And, you know, they got a lot out of Diggs, so that was good. You know, yeah. A win-win. That's a win-win for both teams. Got a miracle out of him for crying out loud. Uh, kind of safety, or the safety that, that put his head down and didn't tackle him. Which I'll never understand to, for, forever. I just don't understand the defense on that play. Um Commons buried the lead this week with uh, the Vikings did sign a player. You you mentioned it uh, up top a little earlier. They signed a new quarterback from from the Patriots. Joe Juan, is that how you said Joe Juan Williams? Two, Sounds two good first, to me. Two first names and two different languages crunched together into one. Uh, I wonder if I should be then Joe Jorge Oberly. You know, no, doesn't go work. with it. Go with it, Joe. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, do you think that reduces the pressure a little bit to draft one? I don't, I don't know that he's going to be slated as a starter, but uh, you know, I, I've been saying all along, you know, need cornerbacks, you need cornerbacks, just like Zimmer said forever. I see another one. The Vikings got another one. Does it, does it allow I maybe just not put so much pressure on that? They can wait in a corner heavy draft. What, what are your thoughts there? Well, yeah, I think it, it reduces the pressure, and I think they realized they needed at least one more going in, so they didn't reach on a guy. Um, not only do you need a lot of them, or you need first of all, you got to fill out your your starting and your depth, but then you got to start thinking, you know, these guys never, rarely do they make it through a season without hamstring, without calf, something going wrong with them because they, you know, their legs are, are so dependent on their the quick twitch of their legs and every list and this stuff. Um, so you got to like, just have, have a lot of them. Uh, you know, he's, he's a six, three, two So he's a huge corner. <clears throat> um, second round draft pick a couple years ago, uh, 2019, I think, uh, you know, Belichick, you know, they, Belichick has had a lot of good corners over the years and he's also lost a lot of good corners and then just replaced them with draft picks. So, uh, it's a sort of a red flag that he's becomes available. Uh, but, you know, so Belichick obviously didn't try to protect him or didn't try to right. sign him or right. stand him or whatever. He missed all of last year with a shoulder injury. So you have a lot of corners now that, uh, you know, like yeah. is Booth going to be healthy? Is Evans going to be healthy? Uh, Byron, um, <laughs> get the the guy they signed from Arizona, Byron, oh, is, yeah, uh, yeah. Missed, missed years, uh, missed, yep. missed games last year. Um, so this now this guy misses all of last year with a shoulder injury. So they got guys in place. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it, that, that it rules out them drafting more corners. I think they will draft a corner at some point. But it's sort of just like every time they do that, they, it's like, okay, they're in a little better position to take whoever they feel is the best player. Their the cornerback room is going to be like a triage center. Okay, they'll walk in. There. Who's who's the least hurt this year? Okay, you guys are starting I know, this week. That's right. should be interesting. Uh, that was the new Cummings, but we also had it going this week, and it was kind of interesting how – Everybody came out of the woodwork, former Vikings, current Vikings, uh, who have you to talk about this guy, and he never played it down for the team. Dennis Ryan uh, retired. He did not retire eternally. He retired from his yeah. position. Is that correct, Mark? Uh, Dennis Ryan, longtime equipment manager, 47 years, announced his retirement. So I, and a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say about him. <clears throat> yeah, my tweet uh, might have been a little too Royce-esque. It was like I backed into it, I think. I, I kind of like said, well, you know, the Vikings have had two uh, um, two equipment managers in their history and blah, 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 blah. And then I said, Dennis Ryan is retiring. I think people did, you know, the, the way all of our minds work when we're reading something, we just like, you know, we got lost. Or not or reading. So they, yeah, or not reading. Uh, a lot of that going on. Um, they just, oh, yeah, sorry to hear this. R.I.P. Dennis, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> and it's like, so I, t I tweeted, he, he retired, he didn't expire, you know? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a classic. He, uh, he, he was a guy that uh, 16 years old, he's a 98 pound wrestler at uh, 
Humboldt uh, High School in St. Paul. Uh, gets a job, part-time job at the grounds crew working Midway Stadium. The Vikings, you know, practice at Midway. Uh, they needed help. You know, Stubby Eason, their original uh, guy, equipment guy, needed help getting the team to and from Mankato. So, you know, they, he picks this Dennis Ryan at 16 years old. They, they help him, you know, bring him back and forth for Mankato. That leads to, to Dennis getting a part-time job whenever uh, he gets out of high school. And then a couple of years later, he's 20 or 21 years old or 20 years old. Uh, Stubby has cancer. He misses the 80 season. Uh, he dies in the spring of 81. And the Vikings, you know, Bud Grant, they, they like this hardworking 21-year-old kid. They make him his equipment manager. And he, he's there for every single game from 1979 up until uh, he missed he had COVID the first game of 2021. He didn't, wow. didn't see it. And the only preseason game that he missed was a again uh, uh, at Atlanta when his mom passed away. So uh, you know Dennis was a great guy. To, I mean, as you talk to him, just the stories that he could tell about you know all the guys that, and, and very reluctant. He's kind of a shy guy. He doesn't yes. like the limelight. Uh, but you know, he, and he tells stories like he. I don't think he realizes how great the stories are until you're like, wow, yeah, that's crazy. And one story he did tell uh, when he was talking to all of us. Uh, there's a bunch of us that were talking, he was talking to, and he mentioned that um, Stubby had him go to, to Bud's room, uh, dorm room in Mankato to, to, pay, to get it all. Bud had all the playbooks. Bud didn't want the players having the playbooks out. So he had all the playbooks in a box, and he had a uh, 16-year-old, 98-pound kid come in to get this box and load them on the truck. He picks them up. The bottom falls out. Playbooks go all over the place. He said, here I am, you know, I'm on the ground trying to pick up these playbooks. I'm looking up and there's Bud Grant staring at me. And he goes, and then he said, he goes, it took me a while, a couple of years when I got to know Bud, that Bud did that on purpose. Bud, oh Bud, my God. Bud had it set up to where the bottom wasn't taped. He wanted to see what Dennis Ryan would do. Well, you know, Dennis just quickly took care of it. And, 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 and that was kind of like, my classic me, it was kind of, for me, it's kind of a snapshot of like this guy, you know, he just, he handled all these problems. Uh, and he told us a story about how um, Stubby used to have a sign over his desk at, uh, at the Met or somewhere um, that said, if, if, if we don't have it, you don't need it. And he said, times have changed. He goes, if I, if I were to put a sign at TCO, it'd be, if you don't have it, FedEx will have it here tomorrow. Because <laughs> he said, Players today, uh, expectations are, are higher. Yeah. You're going to get what you're going to get. Uh, they're going to get what they want. And then he told about uh, like every game when Warren Moon was here, he would, uh, war, uh, this came from Houston, uh, and the Houston equipment guy told him about this, that every game in his locker, Warren wanted three pieces of juicy fruit, three pieces of double mint gum set there. And so Dennis Ryan did it for his first game and then blew Warren Moon away. And then he did that every game. So you imagine doing that for one guy and then yeah. multiplying that toward taking care of all these guys and making sure everything is taken care of. It's a, it's a lot of stress on the job. It's a lot of uh, physical work and mental work. So I'm going to miss him. He was a great guy to talk to, but he's uh, almost 64. He's going to go on a vacation to Europe and, uh, and then just watch games on TV. He said, I might even have a beer in my hand. Wow. So. You know, it's, I'm glad you said that he was kind of shy and out of limelight because in, in my time there, five, six years in the locker room, I, I would, you know, you'd see him buzzing around, you know, always doing something, oh, always yeah. doing something. And I, I always thought, God, that'd be an interesting story to talk to this guy, you know, see. And I, I kind of made my motions towards him and I would get this look from him that like, oh, you ain't talking to me, dude. I don't know you from that. I mean, it wasn't mean or anything, but I just, I looked like all of a sudden I felt like, oh my God, I, I better not interrupt him because he's got so much going on. But uh, yeah, he just seemed he seemed quiet. But I'm someone like you who's been around there much more than I. I'm sure had inroads with him, and he, he uh, I, I'm sure he'd have some great yeah down the road. I mean, it's amazing when you think of just how unfortunate that you know Freddie Zamberletti was a guy that you talked to and got stories from. He's gone. Now uh, Bud Grant passing. Bud was a great guy to talk to and right. uh, just tell stories and. And I know uh, Dennis is gone. Studwell uh, is Burns gone. Uh, Burns is gone. Burns is, yeah, Burns, he's, you know, it was fantastic to talk to. Uh, you know, Bob Hagen's uh, wasn't a big storyteller, wow. but Bob, you know, Bob has history with all those guys. 
So really, there's not anybody really left now from from very long ago that with the you know that were there. So it's uh, absolutely you. Sad, you know, yeah. Uh, Sid Hartman. Uh, yeah, that's true. Gosh yeah, darn! You yeah, didn't sit around and listen to Sid's story. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it, it really is that 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 you wonder if that's if that's uh goes into his desire to leave Dennis Ryan, you know, because all these people that he grew up with in the organization is gone. He's like the one last uh, uh, connection to the, to that old time when, when. Gibbs... Well, he said, he goes, he said, I, I think it's, he said, it's just, he said, it's just time. He said, um, I still think I'm young, but I know I'm not. <laughs> so yeah. uh, the combination of the physical that it took to do it uh, in 2020, he like had a, a back uh, fresh compression fracture in his back. And he worked it through that. And he said, yeah, then obviously then, you know, two years of having a mask on and he started thinking about it back then. And then I think he got, once the bug got in his ear and he said, I, you know, it's not, I'm also kind of uh, afraid of like, cause you know, every, everything that, I mean, when they get on, a, when they get on a plane to head somewhere to play every, everything that every piece of equipment is it's up to him to make sure it's there. And he said, he goes, he goes, everything's up in my head. He doesn't have he goes, an assistant? Uh, well, I'll just say, he goes, everything is in, you know, but, it's, but if someone's missing something, it's yeah. the assistance fault. So he said, everything's in my head. He goes, I, I, before I started having memory problems and stuff, because uh, I uh, just, uh, you know, well, it's a good time to step aside. So yeah. uh, they are, they're looking out, they're looking outside the organization for the third equipment manager in 63 years. Wow. So uh, that guy's got some big shoes to fill. You, uh, you did a story on him? Yeah, yeah, they did. yeah. I guess I have to check that out in the Star Tribune. Uh, probably get it online uh, at this point. So that's worth doing because that's that's all we got for this week. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for your stories. Great stuff as always. Uh, thanks, Mike Woldem, uh, producer behind the scenes. Thanks, Joe Johnson, for us being here, and thanks to you all for for checking us out. Uh, we enjoyed doing it. And really appreciate when you guys come in and check us out. So come on back next week. We're heading towards the draft, and we'll, we're going to wrestle Mark into predicting who who the Vikings are going to take in the first round. So so uh, that that'll be worth coming back for. Till then, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Skull. Skull.